Today's guest on the podcast is a visionary who soared high, an adventurer who fell hard and picked himself up to carry on. I am delighted to welcome to the show the person who made aviation history by enabling ordinary Indians to fly, Captain G.R. Gopinath. Gopi, obviously there was a negative fallout when your airline businesses failed. People blamed you for selling out on your dream when Air Deccan merged with Kingfisher. And when Deccan 360 closed, you couldn't repay loans and you had a lot of financial problems. But you seem to have become a hero all over again thanks to the film based on your life, Sururai Potru. You know, it won the National, National Award, yeah. Film Awards, including Best Film, Best uh, Actor, Best, best Actress, director. Best director. Yeah, director, many things. So do you feel uh, you've been vindicated in a way with the, your story reaching the masses? Yeah, in the sense that, you know, even to be fair to Malia, of course he made mistakes. He took my ally. And the agreement was that uh, there will be two separate airlines and he will run the Kingfisher Airlines as a full-service airline and we'll have Edekin, which will be a low-cost airline as a separate entity. There is an agreement. But uh, after he came in and he became the larger shareholder than me, I won't say he cheated me. Maybe he cheated me of my dreams, but didn't cheat me of money. He felt that uh, his model, because he was embarrassed about the low-cost model, you know, uh, so he did... Uh, he didn't give him a kick. And he also thought that, you know, by making it a full-service model, adding more frills, it will be a better airline with bigger revenue. So we had a big fallout. Because he told me once, you know, Gopi, people are ashamed to travel by Edeka. That's why I want to change the brand. I said, people may hide the, the tag if you are a guy who do not want to be seen as going traveling a low-cost airline. Even in London today, the biggest airlines are the low-cost airlines. And they are in profit. But uh, that's there when you carry, somebody may carry a Louis Vuitton bag and uh, they, uh, and if he goes and buys some other bag, he may not want to show it, right? But the thing is, Bajaj uh, may ride a scooter, but he drives in a Benz, right? So I said the airline generates profit. You know, I said it's a Udupi in the sky. But he didn't believe in it and he changed the model. I think that was the probably beginning of the end. And he also lost focus. Uh, he was a CEO, but he didn't have the time for the airline. Contrary to Billy, of course, he was flamboyant, he was a ladies' man, a ladies' fellow over him. I never saw him hitting on any woman. But he was into Formula One, he was into cricket, he was into politics, he was into a lot of other businesses. King so size he life. Yeah, he, he truly lived that. <coughs> so he didn't have time for the airline. And so I had a big fight and I said, I do appoint a CEO full time and give him, the, give him the freedom. He didn't do that. So decisions couldn't be taken. And the cost went beyond the roof. And uh, he would boast saying that, you know, his, his liquor tap would never dry. But of course, even then his debt was compared to many that big tycoons now were having debt of 90,000 crores, 100,000 crores. You know, you've seen it in public knowledge, Anil Ambani, for example, or SR. Of course, the government helped them in clearing the loans by helping the banks to renegotiate the terms. In his case, I think he was arrogant. Uh, he didn't attend to the business, but the debt was only about 6,000 6, crores. And he didn't have to run away uh, from the country. He should have sat here and faced it. And I think uh, almost everybody goes through crisis in life of one type or the other. Personal tragedies, business failures, as everybody knows. Uh, Abraham Lincoln, the greatest president of the world ever had, uh, who, who took personal risk and emancipated America from slavery. 
Before he became a president, he was a businessman. He had started a business and he'd failed and he had a nervous breakdown. The thing is that you are a failure only when you quit. You're not a failure when you fail or fall. I think everybody must remember that. And uh, maybe you have made mistakes and so you pay for it. So take it in your chin. So as Victor Hugo said, I think um, the glory of man is not in never falling or failing, but to rise each time you fall. I think that is the art of life. That is the art of business too. How do you keep going after the setbacks you've had? What gives you the resilience? So I have have had uh, failures, but I got up each time I fell because uh, the secret to life, I think, is enthusiasm every day. Uh, In a sense, I... I also learned it as a farmer when I also looked at the farmers today. The toughest life in India are probably the farmers. They have floods, they have drought, they have famines, they have crop failures because of excess rains or drought or bad seeds or pests. But he never loses hope, right? He harnesses the plow and with his wife in tow, he goes to the field in the morning, even today, goes to the field in the morning and plows, never doubting that the seed he sows will not sprout, never doubting that the sun will not rise, never doubting that the plant will not come to harvest. He suffers, but he doesn't stop sowing the field. So I think all of us must learn from that. And anybody who wants to be an entrepreneur, especially, or wants to achieve anything, you know, you can't achieve that if you do not have optimism. Apart from big dreams and hard work to commit to the dream, you also need to be optimistic. Uh, optimism that things will mend, things will be all right tomorrow. And that requires a kind of a generosity and magnanimity of heart. To be cynical all the time, to condemn everything. Of course, there are there is corruption, there is venality um, in politics, bureaucratic apathy. is there, it's always there. I always quote Purandara Dasa a thousand years ago said, I say this is not the age of honest people. So it has always been there, but there are also good people. So you have to learn to have that magnanimity of heart to admire the good things. And as Camus said, that even in the midst of the desert, you should pause and uh, delight in uh, if you see a flower. So we need to have that kind of generosity of spirit, not only to rise and move, generosity of spirit to admire the, the good things. You know, I, I tell this so that you know, young people who are sometimes, they get into depression or they get into skepticism saying that, you know, today you need political. A lot of youngsters come to me, I don't have connections, I don't have political friends, I don't have rich father. You know, I'm not getting a job. Uh, today, most people are not begging. Many of them come to me because they want a job and or they want to start a business, they're not able to get through. And I say this so that they know that when I decided to start the helicopter company along with my friend, uh, Captain Sam. It took us three years to get a license. Unfortunately, I had a good partner, a very noble guy, and uh, he subsumed his ego and allowed me to be a madman. So I, I never stopped. I mean, we had no timeline saying that we'll do it for six months and if it doesn't work, we'll go back. So I told him then both will fail. If you say, I'll quit my job only after, after, right. after I succeed in the other one, I said, that will not succeed and you will not you will fail in your present job. You have to give it everything yeah. you got. You have to be obsessed with, to the point of madness. You must become the dream. And the dream is in a very Vedantic way. There should be no duality. I think we are not Ben uh, Somebody asked him, you know, I want to be a violinist. What, what should I do? He said, you don't ask. You start playing. So you have to be obsessed to that point of madness so that you are consumed by it. Then, you know, 
it will happen. That doesn't mean you have to be pig-headed and uh, you have to recognize that things are not going wrong and change your strategy, you change your tactics, that are, the, that are the mechanics. But that doesn't mean you have failed. As an entrepreneur, you have failed as a, on that particular business. I think there is a very famous thing which I say often. Edison was someone who came and asked him and said, they say you failed 10,000 times. He said, no, I didn't fail 10,000 times. I discovered 10,000 ways in which it does not work. So you have to have that attitude. And I think Einstein very famously said, I'm not a genius, but I'm infinitely more curious. And I stay with the problem longer. I think the thing is that you have to be curious about the world, not just your own business. And uh, staying with the problem longer. To, to persistence is more important than uh, talent. Because talent, you can't be proud about it, strong, arrogant about it, because it's a gift. Somebody is good at writing, somebody is good at playing a violin, somebody is good in basketball and hot tennis. It is a gift. But even for a genius, hard work and persistence, there's no shortcut to that. I want to ask you, Gopi, if given a chance to start over, would you do things differently? Yeah, definitely. But I think um, it's a futile question because in that sense, of course, looking back in hindsight, all of us are wiser. Um, I would have, but you, you do not know at that point in time. You play the cards that are on the table. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you have dealt with some cards is how you deal with it. At that circumstance, the kind of situation I was in, I made mistakes. I was, uh, maybe I could have been a better husband, better father, better friend, better manager. My secretary, Cecilia, was a more blesser. Uh, once in one interview, they asked the BBC, I think, interviewed her. What do you think of him? He said he's, he's always angry. He's always impatient, you know. I would tell my people. Cecilia said that. So I would tell my people, my pilots, if somebody calls for a helicopter, it's because it's urgent. Otherwise, he won't call for a helicopter. So I said, pick up the phone before it rings. <laughs> it must have been <laughs> something unimaginable to deal with in the office. Let's talk about your twist with politics. Yeah. So you contested elections twice, am I right? Yeah. So would you like to do so again if given an opportunity? <laughs> the opportunity uh, once was given to me. The other time, I took it myself in the sense that uh, the first time, you know, before I got into aviation after my army days, uh, I took to farming. And I was, I was in a farm for 10 years. I was in a tent. I got married there. My daughter Pallavi, you know, was born there. We lived in a tent, actually. We lived in hand-to-mouth. And uh, it was full of uh, challenges. Like all farmers, I got into debt. I got out of debt. So I eventually cracked the challenge of, you know, farmers getting into debt. And I found new ways of doing things. Probably the, I got into low-cost farming. And low-cost farming is eco-friendly farming. And probably the seeds of my aviation was low-cost sailing and sown in my farm, as someone said. So I became a very famous farmer, which many people do not know. I did a lot you of work. the Rolex Award yeah, yeah, I got for farming? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, You're still wearing it. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> yeah. So I did some work and uh, that uh, got, got me out of debt, also got me fame. So a lot of people knew me and I used to be in the paper, I used to write on agriculture and things like that. At that time, you know, uh, I was contacted uh, at that time by the by the RSS, actually, because there was no BJP in Karnataka. And who was actually a chartered accountant, member of the RSS. He called me and said, you know, why don't you become president of BJP Hassan? Uh, because he said, we are trying to recruit people. And then BJP had only two MPs in parliament. 
you know they had left the jansang after the janata dal experiment uh, janata party experiment failed and they, they said uh, you know but they so we want to get people new people professionals doctors army officers engineers so that's when just just one singh uh, who was in the army became a joined and became a finance minister eventually vice president ishwan sinha was in ias he joined so like that so when i joined it was a party with a difference then so i became a president of the bjp for hasan for about 5 uh, years and vajpay came during that time to hasan as a president he came home bagvi served a uh, dinner with him i got into an argument with him uh, but anyway i contested uh, from the rural constituency everybody said you come from hasan or a brahmin uh, you know there are more brahmins in the city more hasan traders yes yeah the more traders you win from there but i said no i said i am in my farm and contest for my farm i had this kind of <laughs> optimism and arrogance that i'll win from my constituency because it's a farming a rural constituency and i knew the place well but i lost uh, badly very badly because those days uh, there was only janata party it was devagoda and then there was congress in hasan was shikantaya versus devagoda they were very strong across karnataka there was only two parties so i lost and then i also discovered during that time that the people who come behind a politician you know I, i became a president because nobody wanted that job and not because of dynamic guy or something like but people f- who follows a politician and he goes from you know, we had 450 villages and uh, how do you go from one village to another i don't know anybody there uh, so you have to have some chelas around and the guys who come with you are people from our others farmers other other people in the village normally without a job there are three children in a family one is into farming one has become a bus conductor in the ksrtc or a clerk in some government office and the third you know is a little more aggressive and uh, ruffian he gets into politics so he comes behind the mla and you give them favors yeah in the sense they come because i knew it that they come because when i become an mla i'll give them the contracts again in the local contracts for drainage water roads you know all this panchayat fund right. because panchayat raj had become very strong uh, during uh, after mm-hmm. ramkrishna hegde so uh, zilla panchayat was there so they all come run behind because they want to also that is a stepping stone for them right to contest for the local panchayat elections and they'll come behind you uh, because they also many of them become um, you know doubts see if you go to any minister's house or you go to vidhan sabha now if you go to the minister for a story building any time there are thousand people there why are they there because the jobs are not getting done in the normal course you don't see them when you go to london or uh, usa you know or europe you don't find people in the government office hardly anybody there yeah you go to chief minister's house or any minister's house at 5 in the morning there are a thousand you go to the multi storied buildings where all the officers are there of the ias and tahsildars there are thousand people there that's because the jobs are not done so you need to go and push the fines you know through brokers so these guys will eventually become these kind of brokers who will say i'll get this job done so they'll bring that guy to bangalore to the mla's house sir no he wants a transfer he wants a paper shop he wants a gas agency mm-hmm. so i realized that at the least i had to do it to them was to give them breakfast lunch till they go back home the father will kick him out he said you can't stay at home without working i'm going to feed you right so he he has me so had a old car and has to take them with me about eight nine of them and we would stop by the in the village roadside shops and when there it was anna sambar you know rice and sambar it was cost about 3 rupees i remember 
So if you have five, six people or eight people, it costs you twenty bucks. So it was that's my own diesel. So my I was myself, you know, hand to mouth, and so I realized uh, that I'll have to dip my hand into the till if I have to continue. Fortunately, I lost many. <laughs> unfortunately, I do not know. Uh, so I realized that if I continue and if I become a minister, two things. One is I have to entertain all these guys always in all respects. I have to entertain them. I have to see them because they they have come and worked for you. you know? There is a personal loyalty, and that's the reason sometimes when you find that some minister, it could be it could be the prime minister, it could be any other minister, when they do favors, and I think probably he's done it because in his bad times they have stood by him, right? Exactly. So there is a human element to that. So I said, you know, I think best is to. Do something on my own, you know. By which time I already had an uh, Enfield motorcycle dealership. I had a because my farm was not paying me. I had set up an Enfield motorcycle dealership. I had eight branches, an agriculture consultancy firm. I had a micro irrigation farm for along with agriculture consultancy. I had a Woodpie hotel. So I done a lot of things. So I had a so I, I was an entrepreneur by nature and also by necessity. And uh, so I said, let me. Do something. So all them, all of them were my stepping stones for success. But even on the day I lost, I was already planning what is my next step because that election gave me a lot of confidence. So I knew all the people who won the elections because I contested against them, and so it's a great learning. And I also realized that there's so much of poverty, so much of uh, work to be done. And I said, my God, I said, even if I though I went and made all these speeches, I said, if I win, I said, how am I going to? Create, create jobs because there's no money in, in the government because private sector was still not that strong. And uh, we had four native villages, there's no drainage, there's no uh, drinking water, no hospital, the schools are broken. I said, even if they give the entire state government's budget, I'll not be able to fulfill it. So I said, the best is to go out and create jobs and do something on their own. So I left. By which time I had made a name in aviation, I had an aviation company. And uh, that's when I decided. Uh, they co- approached me, both BJP at that time, especially, and said to contest. Because the other party and Congress. Okay. Um, they were ready. BJP especially was ready. To, was very keen on contest because it was very well known. This time as an aviation man to contest in Bangalore. But I thought, you know, I I, I must contest. Because by this time I had got dissolution with all parties. I said all us all are the same, and uh, I felt you know what we need is um, one was excessive uh, appeasement politics of casteist politics of Congress, the other one was communal politics, and I felt that uh, best would be to contest as an independent. And my dream, which was not realized, was that if people are fighting on caste, but if if I get all the middle class people, the amorphous middle class people, the lower middle class people who are working in Bangalore, which is the major company. To get them together, they'll become the largest vote bank. Right, right. The the middle class and the lower middle class, uh, they'll become the largest vote bank. So I went to all these infosys and I went to. They all gave me platform: Google, G, Microsoft, and also all the shops, schools, colleges, and uh, I also organized uh, debates like in America. Mm-hmm. So we had four debates: one was in infosys, moderated by Pi, another in another place. Where the three of us debated, you know, Janata Party, Congress, myself. But I think uh, what I realized was because people were not voting, only about forty-five percent were voting in Bangalore. Like in my apartments, you know, if there are six hundred people, only about uh, forty are registered. 
the rest uh, out of the 40 only about 5 will come and vote you know that of us right up you know in my election only about 48% voted even this elections only in bangalore they voted 47 48 so most people they will go and wait for four hours in the tahsildar's office for the property but they will not go and wait to register their votes you know that is the impatience that is the, but the poor people are that way much better they they go and vote regardless if there are two parties which are evil are bad to candidate which are bad one then they choose the lesser of the evil but they go and vote they're not indifferent they don't go on a vacation here so i thought if the 40% come together because you require only 35% to win because that votes are split if all these people come together that will be the largest vote bank and i mean but unfortunately they never came to vote <laughs> so is that the end of your political dreams i think so but uh, never say never never say never if you were given a nomination to the rajya sabha would you take it i'm not sure because you have to be a subservient to that party's ideology which is how most people get into rajya sabha so i'm not sure okay so gopi you've led such an action packed life as a soldier a farmer a serial entrepreneur a politician you also a music lover and uh, do you continue to listen to music do you also sing or no, do you I, sing. i learned bhajanam for some time <laughs> but i, I realized how i didn't have the talent i missed those huge concerts we used to have at your jakur yeah <laughs> now uh, for the last 15 years i've been hosting a concert in my village uh, free for uh, all for all communities uh, i host a classical carnatic or, or hindustani music in the village temple on the bank of the river in koru every year all these people are coming from the team krishna on the big karnatak when does that happen is in the come next time it is in the february usually oh, end of january or february on the on the day before the rathotsav all right we get a big crowd right i've been hosting and i also sponsor concerts now and then in the ganesha festival and ramnami festival and uh, befriended many artists and uh, in my book there is one or two of them on communalization of music for example where i said that uh, when um, tm krishna sang uh, i mean tm when when some people sang in a church at the institution uh, about three four years ago the hindutva people attacked them saying how can you go and sing in a christian institution it will be uh, encouraging conversions and then krishna who had not sung on that occasion he came up and said why not he said uh, you know music is beyond religion so as a challenge i will sing one uh, i'll release one video every month one on islam and one on christ and one on tyagaraja uh, hindus and in bangalore ramnami i remember and the jasraj who used to come and stay in my house he sang uh, for 4 hours 3 hours from 45 minutes once and suddenly i realized that he was singing the ramnami in front of the deity allahu mehrban See? and then he said hari and allah and om and he fused it and bade golam ali khan was famous for his uh, hari om tatsat so i've written on, on those things that you know a, a true hindu is one who embraces the world embraces all faiths because he sees himself in everything that is the true spirit of hinduism in fact if you go to the belur temple or many of the hindu temples buddha is one of the deities Daughter. Yeah, Hinduism embraces. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So sometimes I get disturbed. I feel sad that uh, the way it's being uh, Hinduistic, yeah, mis- misinterpreted. Yeah, all of them. We can't compete 
with Islamic fundamentalism, then what was the difference? We had to condemn and root out Islamic fundamentalism in this country as well as Hindu fundamentalism. Yeah, fundamentalism of any religion is not good. But like you said, rivalry is certainly not the way to go. Okay, so now you are a newspaper columnist. Mm -hmm. What motivates you to write on so many different topics? (laughs) Yeah, I write on um, economy and business and write on politics, uh, governance, or absence of it, communal harmony or the lack of it, and on society uh, and reflections on, on general things which are not related to politics. So that uh, keeps me busy and also because I have done so many things. I was in, I was in, I was in agriculture, I was in the army, I went through a war, I had uh, small businesses, I had a stockbroking company, I had a, as I told you, I had to be a hotel, a motorcycle dealership, agriculture consultancy and aviation and politics. So been there, done that. <laughs> Is there a sequel so to right your my... memoir in the offing? Simply yeah. fly part two? Uh, simply fly again. Oh, that's a beautiful title. I would buy that book. (laughs) Thank you. Stay tuned for the next episode, where Captain Gopinath and I will continue talking about what ails the airline industry in India and how more Indians can simply keep flying.